0: Hello, and welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle, and thank you for joining me at www.sonic-cinema.com. You can also hear the podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify Podcasts, as well as the Sonic Cinema Podcast YouTube channel. I have a Patreon at www.patreon.com cinema I hope you decide to uh, check it out and maybe even subscribe to it. It's been back up and running with regular content after a relatively slow couple of months. I also host the live stream on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash and I hope you join me for that. After the most recent entry in this franchise, I decided that I wanted to take, discuss a very specific part of the filmmaking process. Most franchises have easily distinguishable iconic themes and soundtracks. Who sees a lightsaber and doesn't immediately think of John Williams' music for the Star Wars saga? Who thinks of the Fellowship of Middle-Earth and doesn't hear Howard Shore's iconic music for the Lord of the Rings? And Hedwig's theme will always take you straight to Hogwarts in your mind. And yet, financially, one franchise dwarfs them all. But if you consider the early musical landscape of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's hard to think of particular themes or consistent sounds throughout Phases 1 and 2. Of course, there are themes and soundtracks that stand out over time, but it took a while for that to happen. In this episode, I want to go over the history of the MCU music, how it took time to really find its voice, why it's exciting that the franchise seems to have done so, and how composers are working within it. One of the things that distinguishes the MCU from all of the other franchises is not only that there's never been a consistent composer throughout each franchise, although few have stuck around, as I'll get to, but there are multiple franchises and tones that must be served here. It's not like the James Bond series where filmmakers, actors, and stories are different, but the musical landscape is fundamentally the same. The same musical voice for Tony Stark's adventures is not necessarily going to work for Thor's mythical epics. T'Challa's life in Wakanda is going to require a different musical approach than Carol Danvers' Cosmic Journeys or the Exploits of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I've listened to most of the MCU soundtracks apart from their films, and there's a lot to like about the individual soundtracks. But when they're curated and composed at their best, they bring something out of the franchise that is thrilling and captures... The feelings of the stories like great soundtracks only do. I think one of the best ways to approach this is to look at each micro franchise if one exists and see how they operate, and of course, that starts with Iron Man. Raman Jawadi, John Debney, and Brian Tyler are individually quite talented and have done fine work away from the MCU, but the problem is that there's no consistency in the sound of Tony Stark's adventures. I think Jawadi sets up some strong ideas for Stark that could have really aided the character moving forward in the franchise and really made his death in Avengers Endgame feel even more heartbreaking if there was a definitive theme for the character to go off of. But ACDC and rock music became such a part of how they defined Stark musically in those early films, they didn't really commit musically and that's part of why Jawadi's score for the 2008 film is what I lean towards when it comes to the character. Hulk has basically been a supporting character in Avengers films, as well as Thor Ragnarok, but I've always really liked Craig Armstrong's score for The Incredible Hulk. It's based more on action cues and big, broad ideas, but the theme he wrote for the character was among the strongest an MCU character's had, I think. It's just a shame that the film is basically a redhead stepchild in the MCU. up next and the musical world he's inhabited on the surface feels more chaotic than iron man's but as you give each soundtrack a listen i think a connective quality reveals itself under kenneth brana's direction the first film received probably the most classically epic score by patrick doyle and it's the strongest in terms of theme and personality of the character and story The Dark World is a mixed bag as a movie, to be sure, but Brian Tyler, who came in at the last minute, did a serviceable job continuing some of what Doyle started musically. music for Thor Ragnarok feels more out of place with the franchise than anything we've heard before, but Mark Mothersbaugh does a great job of grounding the film's wild nature in his score, and I'm excited that he's coming back for Thor Love and Thunder. I think Steve Rogers has been the most well-served musically. Of course, when you have a composer like Alan Silvestri your first time out, it's hard to go wrong. His theme for Captain America became an instant staple as not only Steve Rogers' franchise continued, but the Avengers in general continu- progress as a franchise. Jackman came on for the Winter Soldier in Civil War and brought a more modern conspiratorial edge to the films, Roger's theme endured while Jackman helped craft terrific contemporary action scores that complemented the period work Silvestri did for The First Avenger. at the beginning of The Avengers. And one of the smartest things Joss Whedon did for his first film in the group series was bring in Silvestri to score the film. At the time, there wasn't much thematically he could really bring into the series to help identify anyone besides Captain America, but he still delivered a rousing action-adventure score that served the film as well as wrote the iconic, now iconic Avengers theme that would become a huge part of the franchise as we saw the team through Age of Ultron, the only Avengers film that Silvestri did not score, although I've always liked the work Brian Tyler and Danny Elfman did, and into the massive Infinity War Endgame saga, for which Silvestri came back and brought a lot of different elements from the earlier films in the series back for a stunning once-in-a-lifetime event, which culminates in probably the most memorable use of Sylvester's Avengers theme called Portal. The Guardians of the Galaxy came into town musically. The game changed for the MCU. As far as underscore, Tyler Bates's music is very solid adventure music. Not really a whole lot in terms of themes, but it captures the emotions that film scores are intended to do. But really, it boils down to the songs that James Gunn brings into Star Lord's awesome mix that really deliver the goods. Combining the use of pre-existing songs and original score is always kind of tricky for filmmakers, but Gunn makes something really special here and uses the songs in a way that most MCU films wish they could, as well as gets strong work from Bates as a composer. There really is only one other hero in the MCU right now that has been lucky enough to have been so well served in that matter.
1: When you hold me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's alright.
0: three seasons on the series, Christoph Beck was one of the reasons that era of Buffy the Vampire Slayer was the pinnacle for the show. Peyton Reed bringing him aboard Ant-Man makes a lot of sense because few composers in the modern era were capa- are capable of light, breezy adventure and humor as Beck. His work is not immediately memorable in the MCU, but giving it a listen or two, and you see that it absolutely fits right in with the old school entertainment and high concept that Reed delivered in the Ant-Man films. And I'm hoping he comes back for Quadrumania, so he can stick the landing on the trilogy. When the Sorcerer Supreme entered the MCU in Doctor Strange, it was a bit surprising at first for Scott Derrickson to not bring in his frequent collaborator, Christopher Young, to bring voice to this mystical side of Marvel. But when you re-listen to Michael Giacchino's score for the film, it's easy to appreciate how he brings things like sitar and other exotic instruments into the landscape to create something truly original. And I'm really excited to hear how Danny Elfman continues this with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. ¶¶ of Giacchino, he was tapped to score the Spider-Man films for John Watts. While Elfman create a wholly original theme to Sam Raimi's trilogy, Giacchino has been working with elements of the classic animated series theme, and it's really worked like a charm for the films that Watts has been making. Giacchino is a of biv- a chameleon composer who's become a mainstay at Disney with control contributions to Pixar films and Rogue One as Star Wars story, in addition to his work in the MCU. And I'm really curious if he will become a go-to composer for Marvel in years to come. In 2018, Marvel delivered their most acclaimed soundtrack to date, with the Kendrick Lamar-produced song soundtrack, as well as Ludwig Göransson's Oscar-winning score for Black Panther. Songs and score have to be have a certain alchemy for them to be a val- equally valuable to the film. And Ryan Coogler's solo film for T'Challa and Wakanda is one of the best examples of that in the genre. I do i okay. you It's given me hope for the future of the MCU that as the films have progressed, uh, the solo films have delivered really strong thematic soundtracks that capture not only the essence of the characters, but the energy and excitement of their films as well. Pinar Toprak's score for Captain Marvel does a really great job of this and really kind of reminds me a little bit of Silvestri's work for Captain America the first avengers and that does kind of make some sense since we're not exactly working in the contemporary world and like steve rogers carol danvers is a soldier whose heart is her biggest asset in a world-saving situation i do hope we hear more of toprock in the future with ms marvel or the marvels films finally reached 2021's MCU offerings, and the one in particular that inspired this podcast. We're going to start out with WandaVision, and while most will point to the delightfully enjoyable plays on sitcom theme songs by Kristen Anderson-Lopez and Robert Lopez, we have Christoph Beck delivering a score that not only complements those songs and works for the tones of the early episodes, but can also shift on a dime into more dramatic territory, like he was able to do on Buffy. <laughs> the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we have Henry Jackman continuing his work in the world of spies and globe trotting ad- action-adventure in a way consistent to what he gave us in the Captain America films, but also facing the reality that Steve Rogers isn't around anymore. I hope he comes aboard the uh, Sam Wilson Captain America film to continue this adventure. I'm not here to debate the merits of a Black Widow solo film years after the character of Natasha Romanoff had been killed in Avengers Endgame, although I think the placement of it allows for a lot more closure of the character's arc than we were afforded in Avengers Endgame. But I'm here to appreciate how after a decade, we finally seem to get something musically that resembles a personality for the character. Lauren Bauf is certainly capable of formula in terms of the action-adventure music, but like the film, it's when it gets personal when his work snaps into focus and prevent, presents something memorable. brings us to Loki, and probably my favorite soundtrack of the MCU to date. Natalie Holt's main theme, which echoes the great Wendy Carlos and how she brings synthesizers in, is a dominant voice musically, is weird and wonderful, and those qualities commence as each episode unfolds. At this point, one cannot expect a score like this every time out for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but that only makes it more special when you receive one. very much for joining me down this journey of the Marvel musical universe. I hope you found it enjoyable as well as informative. Informi- that will do it for this episode of the Sonic Cinema podcast. Uh, continue to check out my written work at wwwsonic The podcast on YouTube, Apple, Google, and Spotify, as well as the Patreon at patreon.com backslash And finally, I am online on Twitch, T- Twitch.tv backslash scuttle lemur. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs>